I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hi everyone, I'm really excited about today's episode of Beauty Bosses. Today I'm here with Erica Wasser, the founder of Glam & Go, which is this new amazing salon and blow drying company that's giving Dry Bar a run for its money. Um, so welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm very happy to be here too, this is exciting. So tell everyone a little bit about what Glam & Go is. So Glam & Go is now a national uh, salon chain. We do blowouts, and then we're also a subscription membership service. So we are the only unlimited blowout membership, um, and we recently just got named the fastest-growing female salon chain in the country. Yeah, your growth has been really incredible. I heard that you doubled in size this year. Is that right? We doubled in size in the last three months. That's amazing. Yeah, I, well, amazing, idiotic. A mixture of both, but it's going well. I mean, we, we definitely put a big bet on ourselves, and uh, it's panning out. Did you always know that you were going to be headed into the realm of blow-drying and beauty and salon type of stuff? No. Um, quite the opposite. Until about the fifth grade, I only wore sweatpants and had elastic bottoms. Um, and matching college football sweatshirts. That is like is a really solid wardrobe, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone thought I was a lesbian, <laughs> but that's okay. My dad was really happy when I wore eyeliner one day. He was like, oh, thank God. Um, you know, I came this way through a, a series of events. I started my career as a writer for Tyra Banks. She hired me right before I graduated college. And then I moved from behind TV, just more front and center. I was doing stand-up full-time. And then when Google bought YouTube back in 2011, they essentially outsourced all their production work to companies like Digital Broadcasting Group. They owned the home and design vertical. They saw me performing at Gotham, found me, said, hey, can you come be the face of this channel? And we built out this entire programming thing. We won $2 million from Google. We built out, I had a daily show. It was awesome. And then HGTV picked me up out of YouTube. And I went to go host for scripts, which I still do, if they'll ever call me. Um, <laughs> if you're listening, call me. Um, and this is all because you were funny. So just to you know, add a little color. You started out as a stand-up comedian Correct. and people loved you because you were hilarious. Most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> Sometimes. No pressure. No pressure <laughs> exactly. to be extremely witty right now. Exactly. Um, um, and so I was always in these green rooms where I was getting my hair done in 15 minutes to get camera ready. It lasted for days and then I was in between shows and... I didn't really miss working. What I missed was the green room. And I didn't have any time pressures or boyfriends or kids or financial issues that were keeping me out of going to full-service salons or dry bars that existed back in 2014. Um, I really didn't like the quality, and I didn't like the time suck. And the whole thing just felt like too much. And I knew from green room experience that I could get the same quality result in a more efficient way. And that's what I wanted to bring to the marketplace, to give women a fighting chance to 
try to do it all and look good doing it. And I heard that the time between the idea and the birth of the first Glam and Glow was 30 days. Is that it was, right? It wasn't. Yes. So all of you entrepreneur <laughs> wannabes out there, you can officially start feeling bad about yourselves. Oh my God, <laughs> Because no. I have never heard of someone starting a company in under 30 days. This is amazing. Well, tell, I mean, us, tell us how you went from day one to day 30 with the business. I didn't mean to start a business. Okay. I just wanted someone to blow dry my hair at my gym. And so what happened was I was working out at Exhale, which I still love. I think it's the best workout. And I thought, you know, where the crux for me really was happening was in fitness centers. It was like I had the hour to work out. I didn't have the three hours to, like, get there, shower, do my hair, get to a salon. Like, that was too much. And so I thought, what if I could just put a hairstylist where I already was in the gym? And so our first location, if you're going to call it that was an Ikea kitchen cart and a pink stool that I found on Overstock um, that didn't have a back and was probably the most uncomfortable thing to sit in of all time. And I went to Exhale and I said, hey, this is my idea, what do you think? And they said, sure, can you open in 30 days? And I said, sure, because what did I know? Like I had no insurance, no hairstylist, I didn't even have the kitchen cart. Um, (laughs) I had nothing. And I was like, all right, why not? I can pull it together in 30 days. I don't have anything else to do. Um, And I think when you come from such a position of having so little to lose, there's really, what are you afraid of? Yeah. And I actually have heard that from, we've heard that from a bunch of entrepreneurs on the show where in a way it's almost limiting if you know too much about your industry because you think of all of the problems and you think of all of the (laughs) rules and you think of everything that everyone has done before you. But if you're coming at it from fresh, a fresh perspective with fresh eyes, you're just like, you're brave. Totally, because you yeah. don't know what you don't know. Like, okay. you're, you're too stupid to be scared. So, <laughs> I like that. Um, so there's some value in, in not knowing sometimes. Yeah. So you started out by pulling up a couple of salon stools in an exhale day spa. Mm-hmm. And started we, offering blow dries yep. a month after this idea was born. Yes. So we literally pulled up a stool. We would push their couch out of the way. <laughs> And pulled up a stool and we were open from seven in the morning till two in the afternoon five days a week that was it and we were a very high-tech 2015 company we had a piece of paper that you would come in in the morning before your bar class and you would write your name on the piece of paper then you would go to bar and then you would come and get a quick blow up and then you would leave the women on the Upper East Side went berserk and they started crossing each other's names out, writing their names smaller in between people's <laughs> names. And so for the first, like literally I get a call like a week after from this Excel. reminds me of like Odd Mom Out. I feel like this could be a Jill Cartman show so, right now. So literally I get a phone call, they're like, you've created a monster. And I'm like, what? And so my first job as CEO of Glamingo was guarding the clipboard. I would show up at 76 in Madison every day at seven in the morning and guard the clipboard. From people just being... Gaming the, system, gaming the blow-dry system. Yes, gaming okay. the blow-dry system. So at that time, how much how much does the blow-dry cost? At that time, we charged... Oh, God, I think either 35 or 40 I don't remember. Okay. But you were keeping your footprint pretty lean because you there had... There was no footprint. There's no overhead. You're using someone else's space. Okay. You're going to think this is funny. I randomly found a photo... Of the first Glamingo two days ago. And nice. so I happened to have it when I tell you 
what it was. You were going to laugh. Hold on. Literally, it was that pink stool and this Ikea kitchen cart. And that's Exhale. I love this. This is great. I don't know that you've ever seen this. But, you know, that's kind of the beauty of the blow-drying model. And um, it's one of these things that makes you feel really great about yourself, but is, you know, relatively inexpensive with relatively low operating costs. Um, So you started Glam & Glow at Exhale. And how did you grow from the clipboard and the women fighting over their spot to your second location and so on? So four weeks after, literally we opened like right at the beginning of the year 2015, no, 14, 15. Um, I'm so sorry. I like numbers. It was in now, the 2000s it, it was, for it was, sure. Exactly. Like Britney Spears was like sort of going through it. That's all I remember. Okay. And, and um, a couple weeks later, the New York Times called us. And said, hey, we're including you in our beauty roundup of the best of the year to look forward to. Um, is that all right with you? And I was like, yeah, of course it's all right with me. And I remember it came out on a Thursday. And on Tuesday, before it came out, the New York Times called me and they said, oh, you know what? We just need one more thing. We just need your website. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. We don't have a website. Because we didn't have a website. We had a clipboard and a stool. And they're like, okay, I don't know how to tell you this, but the New York Times is not running a story about a company without a website. <laughs> and I was like, got it. When do I need this website by? And they're like, by the time we wake up tomorrow. And I literally called like two of my friends, like one did graphics, one did like Squarespace coding, and the three of us sat up like drinking red wine. And by six o'clock in the morning, we had glamandgo.com. And is it the same website that you have right now? It's not. We actually couldn't get glamandgo.com. We got glamandgohair.com. And then years later, we got um, glamandgo.com, but we had to pay for it. Uh, well, yeah. like so many things in life, you've got to pay for it. Um, had, did you come up with the name Glam and Go immediately, or was that something that you came up with over time? No, it just kind of came to me. And had I actually done any sort of research or a business plan, I would not have named it Glam and Go. Why not? A, nobody can say it. (laughs) She's giving me a look because I called it Glam and Glow like three or four times before we started. Apologies. I said I was sorry. Um, And also, I think, you know, at that time, there was a lot of glam stuff happening. Like, you know, there was a lot of confusion when we first started. Um, Now we have such a market share that you say Glam and Go and people don't go, oh, is that where they come to your home? And I'm like, no. And now they know who we are, but in the beginning it was very frustrating. Yeah. I guess Glam. Glam is like a ubiquitous Jumped the shark a little. Yes, (laughs) it did. Um, But in a good way, because who doesn't want to be glamorous? I mean. I want to be glamorous. You are very glamorous. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, okay, so you start. You got this great piece in the New York Times, which is so then you know crazy. obviously amazing. So but this, then what happens? This dime-sized article comes out in the New York Times that same day. Good Morning America calls me, and I thought it was my friend pranking me. So I told the producer of Good Morning America to go bleep themselves. Nice, because <laughs> I thought it was my friend. Messing around. <laughs> Good Morning America calls. They go, hi, this is Denina from Good Morning America. And I literally, it sounded like my friend Josh. And I was like, Josh, please go. <laughs> it's all right. We have an explicit rating already. You can say it if you want. And the guy was like, uh, 
no, this is blah, blah, blah from Good Morning America. And I was like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. He's like, no, it's fine. It happens more often than you'd think. And I was like, oh, thank God. He's like, yeah, can we come film tomorrow and air on Monday? And I'm like, yeah, no problem. Of course you can. And so it was Sarah Haynes, who's now the Good Morning America anchor. And so when she and I have crossed paths now through the years, we still look at each other because we were both sort of in like the beginnings of our journeys together at one point in time. Like she's gone on to do amazing things and we've gone on to do amazing things. And so it's, it's kind of fun. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you're, you know, growing up together as it were, then that connection is so much more meaningful. Yeah, I don't know that she would describe it that way, <laughs> or that she even remembers this experience, but we, I've seen her a couple of times since, just like at events, and she's like, oh my god, hi, it's great to see like how cool the whole thing's gotten. I'm like, it's amazing how cool you've gotten, and then that's basically it. I like it. That's really good. <laughs> that's... Um, so when we're kind of thinking about Glam and, Glow, Glam and Go and Next steps what are your goals for um the business and how can you quantify how far you've come for us you know it's hard to quantify how far you've come when you're still in it you know so one of the things i think anyone who works with me will say is like i don't think that i ever step back to take that ten thousand foot view um just because every day like we're a progress, not perfection kind of brand. So like every day for us, if we can be marginally better than we were yesterday, that's like a win. Um, But in how far we've come, we now have 15 locations. We're a national brand. We've moved from taking little stools and pulling them up to having full spaces that are anywhere from 200 square feet to our largest, which is 1,200. We just opened. So these are your own spaces. You're no longer. No, they're co-located. They're co-located. Okay. We opened our first standalone in Tribeca, which is our New York flagship, in July. We opened our second standalone, which is our LA flagship in Brentwood, just Saturday, so three days ago, four days ago. Um, we have our third LA location opening in a couple of weeks, and our 2019 pipeline um, is looking like we're going to double in growth again and launch a product line, which is really exciting. That's great. So how are, how are you finding people to do the hairstyling? Is there a way that you vet people or is it simply just a regular blow dry so it's not a super sophisticated you know, It's much more required. sophisticated than yeah. you would think. And I, I mean, I can't blow yeah. my I can't blow dry my hair for I for whatever would, it's worth. I, I don't have the patience or the equipment or whatever is needed. I would challenge anyone who said that blow drying hair was not a sophisticated skill to go get a bad blow dry. Or or to have, like, a fight with yourself (laughs) in the bathroom mirror at 6 a.m. and try to end up with nice-looking hair. Um, You know, one of the things I'm most proud of is our company culture, and that's really what set us apart um, as a company and in the industry. Mm -hmm. And most of our team members at this point come from internal referral, or we have a pretty long waiting list of people who have applied to us because our culture, our ethos, our value system has spread right people know what it means to work for glam and go they know what kind of a company we are what we stand for who we stand for and why um and i think that's super duper important to me because there are a lot of people in our space that say well it's just a blow dry it's not a super sophisticated thing and our stylists went to cosmetology school for the same amount of hours as everybody else they have the same passion for their artistry as everybody else they have the same 
joie de vie and they bring that with them into our company and that has made all the difference and we treat it with a great level of respect. Do so. they tend to be full-time employees or are they the majority are full-time employees? Okay, wonderful. How many employees do you guys have? Oh god. Somewhere between 30 and 50. Maybe that's a big gap, but we just grew a lot. Yeah. Um it's okay. You yeah. can have a range. A range. I like that. 30 to 50. Okay. And um how what did you attribute your kind of big initial marketing and press steps to? Like, did you have somebody helping you with PR or no. publicity at the time when you got tapped by the New York Times and Good Morning America? Or was it truly, purely luck? It was truly, purely, we hit a nerve, we brought the market something that the market demanded. And we were there to fill the need, and people took notice. What kind of products are you working on? So we're working on a Glam & Go line. It's sort of a extenuate, uh, no, a extension of the Glam & Go vision, which is really providing beauty for that woman that's on the go, in between meetings, running around. So think packaging that's more geared towards purse size, right? So potentially like clutch size items, tote size items, suitcase, right? So we're really less about stocking someone's bathroom shelves, and more interested in where they're carrying, what they're carrying in their gym bag, if that makes any sense. So blowout bases for wet and dry, frizz sheets, smoothing oils, and then we're working on some really cool packaging that this has sort of been a prep project of mine for a long time. Everybody knows about makeup palettes where you can literally just take that one palette, throw it into your suitcase, you're good to go for a long time. Mm -hmm. That doesn't exist for hair. If I wanted to bring everything that I needed for hair, I would need to bring seven different things. Um, and so I don't know that I'm going to be able to make this a reality in the next 12 months, but coming up with some sort of hair palette um, is going to be sort of an exciting thing for us. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, are you currently self-funded or do you have other people who are participating in funding your company? We raised a small seed round in 2015 and we've self-funded ever since. And is that your plan going forward to continue to self-fund? I mean, unless someone wants to write us a great check at a, you know, we'll always take someone's money. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's, that's not true because we get offers on a weekly basis uh, for investment, to be honest. But, um, you know, I think it was really maybe an old school thought of mine that I didn't want to get into a situation where we were overcapitalized and just playing startup. Right? I felt like we had raised enough money when we started that if I couldn't make the idea work on the amount of money that got put in, which was nil compared to most of our competitors, right? Most people in our space are raising in the, you know, tens of 50 millions of dollars. We've raised about one. Mm -hmm. um, but to me, a million dollars was the biggest amount of money I'd ever seen with my name on it. And I literally took a picture of the bank account and it lasted for about a day because then I had to pay the lawyers. Um, but I thought, oh my God, like I've, I've never even been associated with this amount of money. And if I can't make something work with a million dollars, right? Like that whole, like if I had a million dollars, what would I do? And I was like, then I don't deserve to be a business. Right. Do you have any numbers or metrics that you feel comfortable sharing in terms of the valuation of the company or, um, what you're doing in revenue or how the sure. footprint has grown? So we have crossed 
the multi-million dollar mark, which is kind of exciting. That's huge. Um, it is huge. Um, my grandma still, every time she sees me, goes, do you need money? And then she hands me tens and fives. I'm like, grandma, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm <laughs> you never know when you're going to need to take a taxi. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, like Although that is, these days in 2018, that's gonna get you like four or five blocks. Exactly. Like that's not even gonna get the taxi to turn on. Um, but uh, we have continued to grow by over a hundred percent year over year. Um, and then in terms of evaluation, God, I I don't really know how any of that works. I know that I know that I'm very happy with the numbers that we're seeing. And I think that that's kind of ultimately where you want to be, right? Because if you're building your passion and you're building a brand, as long as you have growth and you feel good about where you are, yeah. what else do you want? Well, I mean, how much time do you have? <laughs> we only have another couple of minutes, so we'll just we'll write that down and come back to it. Um, I wanted to know if you have any advice for people who might be listening um, and who have great ideas that they're itching to start and they feel a little paralyzed because you're someone who, I mean, maybe out of almost anyone I've met, you you have the quickest zero to 100 miles an hour um, story that I've heard. So tell us, tell us how to do it. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. Like get your favorite bottle of Chardonnay, a corkscrew, a cocktail napkin and a pen and then wake up the next day and actually do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like you Nike just, said it best. It's true. Like you, <laughs> right, like, I know it sounds really kind of cliche, but the one thing you know is that you're here right now, right? So you better figure out a way to make it worth your while. Right. Um, do you know how many blow dries you guys have done as a company? I do. Oh, actually. good. I want to know. Because we are about to hit our 100,000th blow dry. That's amazing. Probably in the next, like, 60 days, and I'm trying to figure out how we celebrate it. And, like, I have this grand vision of, like, tons of balloons and confetti falling all over somebody, but I don't know how to actually make that work. (laughs) That poor person is going to be like, I have 15 minutes before I have to get to work. Exactly. Like, I want to cover her in, like, silly string and have, like... McMahon come out with a big check. She's going to be like, you forgot. I'm here for the glam and go business model. I'm trying to get out of here. I know. I'm mean, like, I'm so sorry about the confetti cannons. Um, but yeah, so it's a really exciting time for us. We, we really sort of have come into our own. And I know people always say a business is very much like a baby, right? We're like, it's an infant. And like, all it does is cry and whine. And it's a huge pain in your ass. But you're like, oh, but it's mine. And then all of a sudden, like, it kind of starts to sit up, and it smiles. And you're like, oh, that's why I kept you. And you're like, okay. And then it gets, like, a little older, and it starts to crawl. Like, we finally reach that sort of, like, toddler phase where, like, there's nothing better than a three-year-old kid. There's just nothing. True. Like, a three- to five-year-old kid is, like, just, like, the most delicious munchkin. And so, like, we're finally there. We're, like, we're talking a little. We can be quiet at restaurants. We're good on airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> And you have, like, a solid 10 years before you become an unwieldy teenager. Oh, so, totally. like, you better enjoy it. Totally. This is the moment. This is this is your time. Okay, amazing. Well, I wanted to ask you, um, just as we wrap up, a couple of logistical questions. So how does Glam and Glow, in your mind, fit into a person's routine 
Is this something that you do every day, once a week, special occasion? Is this like on your speed dial or are you going to the location? What's your vision for Glam and Glow and the regular person? So Glam and Go, Glam and go. it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, you know, so I would say the way that I see our members use us best is really frequent use. And that was what membership was intended to do, to encourage and empower women to feel guilt-free about living their best lives. So we see a lot of women who will come in Sunday, Monday for a full blowout. It will get them to like Wednesday, maybe they worked out a little on Tuesday, did some yoga, Pilates, whatever. And they pop in Wednesday for a quick express, 15 minutes, they're in and out, their blowout's been touched back up. It gets them through at least dinner on Thursday night or to a workout class Thursday night. They come back in Friday for a full blowout, it gets them through the weekend. Um, what's really great is that if you need more, it's unlimited, come more. Right? If you're someone who needs one blowout a week because you have the hair of Zeus, I don't know, you know, then we have membership options for that too. So we really want to be that brand that is less about getting you to a wedding and getting you to Wednesday. You know, really rely on us, use us. And so we like to sort of be there to be every woman's personal stylist. Um, and she can choose how much she needs us. How much does a membership cost? So an unlimited membership is 225 a month. It travels with you across the United States, so it's a lot easier than bringing along a blow dryer. We're in New York, LA, Miami, DC. You can go to any location. You can mix between signature blowouts, express blowouts, braids, buns, and ponies. Um, and recently, we just introduced root touch-up, haircuts, extensions, and something else. Extensions. Oh, haircuts, color. That's it. That's all we did. I think that's everything with hair. I mean, I don't know what else there is left. Um, okay, well, that's really amazing. Uh, tell us what your non-hair beauty essentials are. Like, and I don't mean specific products. I mean yeah. just like the co- the categories of things besides hair, besides your sector sure. that you just couldn't live without. Like your favorite is it a certain I exercise? I without certain- eye cream and exercise. Like, I'm a big proponent of moisturizers, serums, eye creams, like, very big on skin, obsessed with dermaplaning. If you haven't done it, do it. Like, it's so, I go, like, every three to four weeks. It's, like, a monthly thing for me. Um, but it's funny because my dermaplanist, I don't know if that's what you could call her, um, she's like, yeah, a lot of people just come before, like, big events or big before their wedding. And I'm like, but if your whole purpose is that your wedding is supposed to be, like, the day you look the best, like, why wouldn't you just do this? Every couple If you figured out the secret to looking your best, why <laughs> exactly. would you not like, just like... You've unlocked Pandora's box. Like, keep it open. <laughs> Very funny. Well, I wanted to close by asking you a couple of questions about what beauty means to you and about what being a boss means to you. Because sure. now you have staked a claim in the beauty world and you're employing and supporting so many people. So tell us what that means. You know, I think that the they're the same answer. And I think it's just being happy, right? Finding a way to have quality of life um, and sharing that with the people around you and making sure that the people that you employ, that you respect their quality of life and that their need for it is as significant as your own, right? And so every choice that you make is not about you. It's about the whole. Yeah. And keeping that in mind is kind of the trick to keeping it all together. You know, because when people 
that work for you. Understand that you respect them and their time and their time outside of your business as much as you respect your own. The, the level of support that you get when you need it is tremendous because the level of support that they get when they need it's there too. How do you regard your place in the world of kind of increase in competition in the sphere of quick styling concepts? No, I've got time for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I think it's just be your best, right? Like be the best that you guys can possibly be. Try to figure out what your niche is and, you know, Steve Martin kind of said it best and it applies to everything. Like, be so undeniably good that they can't turn you away. And so we don't really look at anybody else. I love that. And that's just the advice that I give to people because I remember when I was first hanging up a shingle and literally every one of my mentors told me I was going to go bankrupt. I remember just thinking, I have to focus on me and myself. Yeah. And be best. And then just like, you, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's the ultimate you do you, right? Yeah. Well, this has been, this has been so fun. You're so incredibly charming. I feel like you're doing a, a, a dual life as a stand-up comedian still in addition to Glam and Go. Only to the people I owe money. okay very good we'll we'll look for you we'll look for you on an improv stage but if not where can people find glam and go so we have eight locations in new york a new location in dc two about to be four in miami two about to be three in la 2019 will be in scottsdale palo alto austin new jersey potentially london um maybe boston Chicago. So basically, everywhere you go, we're taking there's going over. to be a glam and go. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we're taking over. Like it's one of those things where it's like, all right, fine opportunity. I hear you knocking. <laughs> we're gonna open the door and kill it. Well, thank you so much for being here, Erica. It was so fun, and um, we'll all look out for you. Yeah, please do come. Come on, come on. <laughs>